Hey there, I have some amazing news to share with you. The Transaction Coordinator Game Plan course is officially for sale. We are starting the course on October 2nd, which is this coming Monday if you're listening to this podcast in real time. And the Transaction Coordinator Game Plan is your course to become a Transaction Coordinator or if you're already already are a Transaction Coordinator, it is your complete toolkit to be able to teach you the A to Z's of how to run transactions with ease, um, handle more files and help scale your business and in such a way that you're making sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed and making sure that nothing falls between the cracks. I have intentionally made this course where it will work for new TCs and existing TCs because I remember early on in my first, second year, as I started to grow, I remember how difficult it was to manage all those transactions whenever I'm handling, you know, 20 to 30 pending at one time. And so this course is going to teach you all the skills that you need to be able to handle more transactions with greater ease and still provide that raving fan service for your clients and their clients. Not only are you learning how to manage transactions, but you're also getting to learn how to set up your um, TC business, how to have better boundaries, create, truly create a uh, business that you love, how to market and get clients and all the tools and systems that you'll need to excel in the transaction coordinator role and handle more transactions. If this sounds like something that you would like to uh, jump in and get started with us, it starts on October 2nd. And for the first 20 people who sign up, I'm also including weekly group coaching slash Q&A sessions. Those will be recorded so you can reference back on them at any time. And that's going to be included in the price of $4.97. But remember, it's only for the first 20 people who sign up. And it's only for this launch of this October 2nd class. So head on over to christywinfree.com and then click on the course tab and you can get all the details there. Hi, I'm Christy Winfrey and I'm so excited you're here with me today. Welcome to the Not Just a Daydream podcast. Have you ever found yourself daydreaming about the life you wish you had? Yeah, me too. Well, for many years I felt stuck and I thought those dreams would only ever be just daydreams. Today, I now run a thriving six-figure virtual business that allows me to have the freedom to work and live from anywhere. I also teach others how to grow and operate a successful TC business with their very own. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and application, then this is the podcast for you. In here, we discuss business dreams, goals, and everything in between. Welcome to the Not Just a Daydream podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tony Wexler. He has such a fascinating story of completely changing industries and um, being a private investigator, and then now he is a coach. So I am going to just let him take it away and tell you all about his story. So welcome to the show, Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Christy. It's so awesome to be here and uh, be able to share my story with your audience. And I think people will be fascinated at the two different lives that I led, but really how similar they actually are. So go ahead, ask away. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about from changing, you know, from being an investigator to coaching? Because that does seem like it's such a dramatic 
uh, just a dramatic change. It may seem like it, but before, you have to understand that I was always a big psychology geek. I love mm. psychology. I love learning about people and how people think and what makes people tick. And one of the things that we learn as an investigator is how to do like state management and how to read people and how to read body language and how to just understand what's going on when you're having a discussion with a person. So really when I'm coaching someone, I'm doing the same thing, except I just have a different goal in mind. But my goal has always been to find the truth. And I talk about this in some of my talks. Remember that movie, A Few Good Men, and it has Jack Nicholson on the witness stand, yeah, Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise asks him for the truth, and Jack Nicholson looks and says, you can't handle the truth. Well, All right. most of us, we have a personal truth inside of us. And as a coach... I bring out that person's personal truth because if we're not living the person we were designed to be, we're not going to be happy. So back to my story, mm. I was living a pretty good life. I had a great job. I worked as an investigator for a local county. I also had a private investigator's license. So I, I was doing work I enjoyed. I was actually even a senior investigator. And what I realized was I really enjoyed the teaching aspect, teaching other investigators, speaking to large groups of investigators at conferences, that type of thing. And that really lit me up. And I was going, okay, well, maybe I should be doing something in line of speaking, teaching. So in mm -hmm. 2019, I started to put together a business plan. Now, here's the thing, Christy. I would interview somebody and I would, my job is to get a confession because when we're looking for the mm -hmm. truth in investigations, we want the people we're talking to, whether they be witnesses or suspects, we want them to tell the truth. So I would be witnessing or witnessing this person going through the motions and trying to see how to get that person to make them feel comfortable enough, feel really comfortable in my presence and to trust me enough to tell me the truth. So I learned how to do that, and I learned how to teach other investigators to do that. And now when you think about it, what's the hardest sale you'll ever make? As an investigator, it was I would imagine. confession. <laughs> Getting somebody to confess. Yes, because yeah. a confession isn't just buying something, right? It's they right. may be yeah. going to jail from what they tell us. Right. And I figured if I could teach other investigators to get confessions and to have the suspects thank them for it after the interview, I figured I could probably teach somebody how to sell a car. So I was going to put this business plan yeah. together about how to sell and COVID happens right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, how am I going to market this? So making a long story short here, I decided I needed to find out more about myself. So I invested in some coursework, some coaching, found a mentor, found a coach. And I advise, this is a journey you can take on your own. But if you have somebody with you who can coach you through that journey, it will help you get further and get there faster. So I right. found out that this coaching thing was something I was so aligned with. And I decided, all right, this is what I'm going to do. So in May of 2020, right in the middle of COVID, right in the middle of this pandemic in the world, I decided to launch Tony W Coaching. And I did. And I have not turned back. I actually left my investigator job uh, that 
following February 2021 and started as a speaker, trainer, and coach full-time. And then there's a podcast in there as well, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Nice, nice. I am... you know, the people that I've been talking to, I've been hearing a lot of the same story as far as like they started their business during COVID. So I know so many people probably think in, in COVID and when the uh, things shut down like that, you know, it, it's a really hard time. But I've also heard that the most millionaires are born out of a recession or born out of really hard times. Because I think people people learn how to get scrappy, you know, yeah. whenever whenever it's hard times. So that's really fascinating and and cool that you started during COVID as well. Yeah. I find that if we start during the winters of our life, and I live in upstate New York, so we know a lot about winter up here. And if we start in the winter, it's so much easier when the spring and then when the summer comes along, right? And most businesses, Mm -hmm. just like you said, who started during the tough times, they're the ones that have ended up lasting. So uh, that was a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's encouraging and I want to share with listeners that, you know, even though there's talks of recession and things like that in, in the news, and I don't watch the news very often because it's, you know, just so negative, but you know, they're always talking about things like that. And I know it scares people, but you can truly, I mean, you could have the best season of your life whenever they're saying it's the worst season. That's true. And, you know, that's a mindset thing too. I mean, I think we need to, if we have a positive mindset, we're able to really create that positive life that, um, that we want to have. Everybody seems to live in this, what I call the, a box world, right? We are sleeping in a bed, kind of like a big box. And then in the morning, the alarm clock, which is like another box, or maybe it's on our phone, another box goes off. We get up and we get around and we get in our cars, another box, and we drive usually through traffic that we hate. I mean, me, one of my pet peeves in life, I hate traffic. So We Mm -hmm. struggle, we get all stressed out, we drink our coffee in the morning so we can get awake and alert, and we drive through this traffic, we go to work, We, a lot of us work in these boxes called cubicles, and we sit in that all day long to get a paycheck, to go back home, and then what do we do when we get home? We sit in front of... Sit in front of the box. Yes, the idiot (laughs) box, as my parents used to call it, uh, the television Mm, to watch Netflix or whatever, and that is a life... And when you think about it, you know, that's not living a purposely positive life. That's not living life on purpose mm-hmm. for a purpose. That's working for somebody else, doing something that you probably don't like. Because when I was growing up, it was always get a job, get a good job, get a good education, make money, and then you will work for the next 30, 40 years until you can do this thing called retire. And then... right. Then you get to enjoy your life. But what happens if something happens? And in my family, I mean, I lost my, my parents. They were in their, they were in their mid sixties. And my, my sister uh, was even younger. She passed away. She was much older than me, but she passed away at 57. And you don't even get to that time to enjoy life. So why not enjoy life? Why not design your life where you're getting up in the morning and you're doing something that you love every day. That's living 
on purpose, for a purpose. That's making a positive impact in the world and having positivity come to you. It's not that toxic positivity. We hear a lot about that in self-development, right? The idea of jumping around saying, oh yeah, everything's great. Everything's great. Well, if it's not great, we have to be honest about it. And uh, that, right. that is, that's the key there. Right. I, I'm glad you touched on that because I listened to a podcast a little while back and they were basically saying the same thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of positive speakers and um, things and like to help help books. We'll, we'll talk about affirmations and just put it out in the universe and it's going to come to you and, you know, say I am a millionaire, even when you're not a millionaire, but this lady was saying you truly have to believe it. So how can we spin that to, to make it believable, not to say like, I am a millionaire millionaire when your brain is telling you, no, you're not like, you're not going to believe right. that if you don't have a million dollars in in the bank. But she said, well, but I could spin it to say, I love abundance because that is true. So I think that is, it's so true. And, and you were talking about like, you love studying psychology. So can you speak on that a little bit of what does it do in the mind and how can people, you know, spin their words where it makes it a positive version where they will actually believe it. And then, you know, if they say those things over and over, then it really truly changes their life. That is such a great point, because what happens is if we say these affirmations, for example, I'm healthy, wealthy, and fit. Well, if we're not any of those things, then our subconscious mind, and pardon my French here, but it's just going to look up at us and say, that's a bunch of bullshit, and it's not going to believe it. So I learned to use the phrase, until now. So Mm. let's say, let's say you're trying to become someone who wants to, let's say you want to go to the gym or get healthier. Let's just use that as an example. Everybody wants that, right? So if we start saying affirmations, I am in the best shape of my life. Well, your subconscious mind is going to reject that. However, if you say, I have a rig or I have not been very healthy with my life until now, but now I am bar, I am embarking on a new journey to be healthier each and every day. So if you use the phrase until now and transition, then your subconscious mind will start to say, Oh, okay. So there's a change coming here. So that is, I like that. That's one way. That's one way you, you can do it. The other thing is I believe in the thermostat effect. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if you're in a room and let's talk about income. So let's say you're in a room and it's 75 degrees and your thermostat is set at 75, but it gets colder out and the thermostat goes down to about 70, maybe 68. Well, the thermostat's going to kick in and it's going to warm the room to 75. Same thing in the summertime. If you set the room at 75 to cool it, and the temperature goes up to about 85, it's going to kick in and it's going to bring it back down. I think we all have an internal thermostat subconsciously when it comes to income. So if that 75 is not degrees, let's say it's $1,000 per year. So if our internal mind says 75,000 is is what I make, is what I'm worth, well, then we start to do really well and the thermostat's going to kick in and it's going to knock us back down. In the same way, when we start to do worse in life, the thermostat's going to kick in 
and it's going to do it better or it's going to bring us back to 75, but we're always going to be there. So we have to learn in life to be able to reset our in, internal thermostat. And we do that through things like affirmations and through really visualization, getting our emotions involved. Because if we, if we believe something, if we really believe and Napoleon Hill says in his famous book, Think and Grow Rich, which is an awesome book. I'll get back to that in a minute. But he says that anything that the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So think about that. There's three things there. There's you have to be able to conceive it. You have to think about it, but then you have to actually believe it before you can achieve it. So until we truly believe, we believe in ourselves, we're not going to be able to achieve our goals. I work with people in coaching all the time. And one of the questions I ask them is, do you believe that can happen? Another book I'd recommend is called The Power of Bad. And how that works is when something bad happens, it has a fourfold effect on our emotions. So in other words, let's say we get up in the morning and we drive through Dunkin' or Starbucks or whatever. We get that nice cup of coffee and we're drinking that cup of coffee on, on the way to work. We're feeling pretty good. And all of a sudden uh, we have to stop quickly and the coffee spills and we get it spilled all over. That bad thing that just happened is going to affect us four times more than just the fact that we just had this really great tasting cup of coffee. So we have to we right. have to learn how to make our positive things in our life have a stronger impact and have more positive things happen. So we have to start paying attention. And that's where gratitude comes in, being grateful for everything. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. I am. Um, one of the things that my team and I do each morning is when we log on for the day, we all, we have a gratitude channel in our Slack and we um, each say like one thing that we're grateful for. And so it really starts our day out right. And, uh, you know, and then it also helps us connect as a team and, and helps have that company culture. Yeah. Now, if, if everyone listening today I don't care whatever else I talk about, whatever else I say, if they just do this one thing, I guarantee you can change your life forever. And what I call this is a three by five card method for living your life. And what you do is you go out and you invest in these little three by five cards, you know, with the lines on them and everything. And every night before you go to bed, I want you to do three things or actually do, do a bunch of things. Write down at least three to four things on that card that you need to get done the next day. What are the most important value things that you need to do? I mean, not just, you know, not nothing like go to the grocery store and pick up groceries, but what's going to help you in your life and in your business. And then you circle the most important so that the next day you have your to-do list and start with that first thing, that most important thing, and do it right away. Don't check email don't worry about what other people want. Do that first thing, first thing in the morning. But here's the most important part of this exercise. On the three by five card, the night before bed, on the other side of the card, write down three things that you are grateful for in that moment. They could be anything mm -hmm. from the fact that maybe you love your children, you have a warm bed to sleep in, you just had a great meal that day, could be anything but three things that you're truly grateful for. 
the next morning when you get up, first thing you do, don't pick up your phone, pick up the card, (laughs) read those three things that you're grateful for and spend a little bit of time feeling yourself in the moment of each of those things I'm grateful for. And when you read that, feel yourself being truly grateful because Christy, when you're in gratitude, it's hard to be angry. It's hard to be stressed. It's hard to be upset. And you'll begin to start your day feeling better. Then you flip the card over and you read those things that you need to get done and visualize yourself already having those things being done. Mm. Again, it'll maybe take you five or 10 minutes to do this. Then get up and start your day and start with that first thing. And you will be truly amazed at how that simple, simple exercise with bare minimum investment on your part. I mean, how much are three by five cards, right? How right, much of that yeah. will, will change your life. So that is what yeah. I tell every client that I work with to do that. And uh, it has some amazing results. Oh, I bet I am. Um you know, the three by five and, and doing the gratitude and, and doing the gratitude in the evening too. You've had a whole day's worth of things that have happened that you can be grateful for. That is true. Gratitude, like I said, it's just, it's magical. Some people talk about appreciation and gratitude because it's very similar. Now, I believe in the philosophy that the more we appreciate life, the more our life appreciates. Because if you think, mm, if I you like think of appreciation, it means to be grateful for things. It means to be happy mm-hmm. that we have things. It means to put value at those things in our life. But when we buy a house, we hope that the value will go up and we call that value appreciation. So it has right. those two meanings. So the more we appreciate things in our life, the more our life will appreciate. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. I do also think it's harder, or I'm sorry, it's easier to get through the really hard times when you have adopted this um, habit of, of gratitude and appreciation. You know, your your lows don't feel as low um, as maybe they would have if you had not already cultivated this into your life. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit, if you don't mind, to transition into my, my podcast yeah. because there's a story yeah, yeah, let's behind talk that. that. I, I told you I was going to tell that story. So It also happened in 2020, and I don't know about you, but 2020 was a very, very stressful uh, and difficult Mm. year for a lot of people, a very negative year because we had COVID going on here in the U.S. We had all the lockdowns where people couldn't travel. They they had to stay home. They couldn't go to work, restaurants. A lot of businesses were shutting down, and people Mm -hmm. were kind of not happy. Uh, I think that's... That's a very gentle way to put it. Okay. Yeah, I would All say, right. I would say right. so. People were pissed. <laughs> so <laughs> we had that. And then in the middle of all that, we had this thing here in the U.S. called a presidential election going on. And right. people were fighting Gosh. back and forth on social media. So here I was trying to write some content to promote my business. I'm on social media. And all I'm reading is all this negativity. And I'm going wow, there's got to be more positive things out there in the world. There needs to be more positive content. And that's when I heard this voice inside that said, that's your job. And if I go back to many years before being an investigator, back when I was in high school, I actually used to be a DJ. I thought I'd 
That's I cool. I wanted to do that for a living at that time. But then I found out that the people who made the most money in the DJ world were your morning drive DJs back then. Those were the guys that, that started out, you know, you listen to the radio back in the days when people actually listened to the, the radio in the car, you listen to the radio on your way to work. And the morning drive guy was the one who made the most money because that was the most popular time on the radio. And that meant getting up and being at the station by like 5 a.m. And when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, getting up at 5 a.m. Every, every day for the rest of my life did not sound like something I wanted to do or being on the, right. on the air. So uh, I ended up not staying in that career, but I, I did do it in clubs for a while and uh, always enjoyed that. But that got me thinking at one point I was going to do a podcast and I thought about doing like a crime podcast. Cause those are really popular back when I was an investigator, right. but then I just, I just didn't really feel inspired to do that. But now this happens and I'm like, yes, I need to spread positive content. So that gave birth to strive to thrive the purposely positive podcast, which I interview people and I sometimes talk on my own, but most of the time I'm interviewing somebody else and we talk about positive content and it's all about bringing positive things into the world because in the world today, we need more positivity and we need more people listening and talking about how to make their lives better, how to actually enjoy life, how to not live in that rut and feel stuck in, in the, the well of monotony every day and actually find things to do to enjoy their life. So I started the podcast in October of 2020, again, right in the middle of COVID and uh, haven't looked back. I've got like 150 episodes now and, uh, and you and I are, are going to talk on that podcast. I'm going to have you on uh, in the near future as well. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. And I have listened to several of your podcasts and they are very encouraging and you you clearly radiate positivity through that and then your guest as well. So it's been very, it's been so good to listen to those. And I think like you and I've talked, we align on so much of our, our values and the way we think about things. So it, it's, it's always good to have like kindred spirits, yes, you know, definitely. And I listen to your podcast and I hear a lot of the same things. We talk a lot about the same things and it, it is so good mm -hmm. to be out there. And you know, for the people listening to, to be able to put some of these things and start using them in their own life. And I think that is so important yeah. because if we want to change our life, it's up to us to, uh, to start doing the things that'll help us to change our life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on one of your most recent podcast episodes, you talked about the 3d formula. Can you kind of dive into that? Sure. The 3d formula is something that I came up that came about when I was, uh, I was given a talk one day and I, I like to simplify things. I like to make things that people can remember them. So I thought about 3d, like three dimensional. I said, well, what's three D's yeah. that can help people to, uh, to change their life and to go after the goals that they want in life. Cause this is really like a, it, it's a, it's more of a, uh, it's a goal formula. So the three D's start with desire and Desire is basically finding out what we want in every coaching session. That's the first thing I'll ask somebody, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? What do you want? Interesting thing. Most people, they know what they don't want more than what they mm -hmm. want. So if you tell them, you know, if you ask them what they want, 
they have to think about it, but you have to know what you want. You mm-hmm. have to have that desire. Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich, and I mentioned that earlier, talks about having a burning yeah. desire where you truly want something. And when you have that burning desire, it will motivate you. And the next D is decision, because everything we do in our life starts with a decision. We have to make that decision to do something, whether it's to get up in the morning. I mean, come on. How many people do you know? I bet you've done it, Christy. You're laying in bed and you go, do I really want to get up today? <laughs> do I really want to? Oh my gosh. When that alarm goes off, I'm like, what, what day is it? Like what, what's happening here? <laughs> yes. And I used to say one of my favorite d- days and favorite things to happen was on a Saturday morning when I'd accidentally set my alarm clock and it would go off and I'd realize, oh, I can roll over and go back to sleep. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. so we no alarm weekends are no my favorite alarm weekends for sure. So we have to make a decision, right? We have to decide what mm-hmm. we, or that we're going to do something. We have a desire. We decide, yes, okay, I'm going to go for it. And making decisions is something that we need to learn to practice more. I advise people when you go into a restaurant, pick up the menu, just glance at it and decide what you want very quickly. You know, the first thing that comes into your mind, the first thing that looks good, go ahead and have it. Because how many of us spend time mulling over in our head over and over again, what we're going to do, even on these little things. So the more Mm -hmm. we learn to make decisions on the little things in life, then when the big things come up, it'll help us to make decisions quicker and faster because the most successful people in the world today and in life have learned to make decisions quicker. So that's something, you know, that you can, you can take, uh, it's a great way to, yeah. to exercise that decision muscle muscle, something as simple as just going to a restaurant and deciding what to eat. So after, right. Yeah. That's a good idea. After decision, after we decide, then we have to become determined to do that thing that we want to do. So determination is the third D. And really, we can decide that we want to do something, but until we become determined to do it, we're not going to take the actions that need to be taken. We're not going to to step out of the comfort zone. The interesting thing about the comfort zone is it's usually not what we really want. It's the thing that we're settling for. We're comfortable where we're at. I was comfortable being an investigator in that job. But I had to make a decision to step out of that comfort zone and to take that other path. So right. I have an ebook on my website called Strive to Thrive, which is also where I got the name of uh, the podcast from. Uh, it's also my Facebook, Facebook community, Strive to Thrive. But what Strive to Thrive is about is not only going from striving in our life to thriving, but that ability to strive every day so that eventually we're going to thrive. And mm-hmm. in the ebook, you know, I talk about the paths that we can go down. We have the positive path or the negative path. Every one of us will come face to face with a wake up call moment in our life. And a wake-up call moment, maybe something good, maybe something bad, maybe something indifferent. I mean, maybe you lose your job, you get laid off uh, due to um, 
many things that happened a lot in 2020 during COVID. A lot of people lost yeah. their job. Maybe you'll get a uh, something uh, something to do with your health. Maybe you'll go through uh, a breakup or a divorce. I went through that in my life. So those are wake up call moments, and those are things where we have to make a decision. We can go down that negative path and focus on everything that's bad and say, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to find a better job. I'm never going to find a better partner. I'm never going to get healthy again. Or we can say, no, I've been given an opportunity to make changes in my life. And now I'm going to start taking action. And now I'm going to become determined to move in the right direction. So when you get hit with a wake up call moment, you know, I had this happen in, in my life early on. There's a company called Eastman Kodak Company. They make film. And when I was very young, I was like in my early, early 20s, I took a job at Kodak because here in Rochester, New York, where I live, the whole um, lifestyle here was you get a job at Kodak. It's a great company. You'll be set for life. Well, I got laid off from my job at Kodak and I could have sat around and felt sorry for myself, but no, I didn't. I actually said, all right, what am I going to do? So I started a real estate career. And I started that out in my mid twenties. See, I've done a lot. <laughs> Christy, you probably laugh at it. Wow. What, what, no, what I hasn't mean, this guy done? I, you know? I remember. And, and I'm only 25. <laughs> Just kidding. That's okay. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's great. I mean, I'm sure every opportunity or every career led to a different path that you know, and I'm sure you can probably elaborate on that, but go ahead and oh, put yeah. it, was, you know, with your so story. So that career didn't work out because I was in my early twenties and I had what was called a limiting belief that was placed on me is that nobody's going to want to spend their money and, and purchase their most valuable asset on somebody who looks like he was 12. Cause when I was 20, I pretty much looked like a 12 year old. So I got out of that business. Now, one thing I learned is that wasn't necessarily, can't talk today. That failure wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just something that happened. And that's a good way to look at failure. Every, with every failure is right. a lesson learned. So we need to learn failure as a lesson. In fact, the most successful people are great at failure. I'm a baseball fan. And if you go back to the, one of the old-time greats, Babe Ruth, he was one of the greatest hitters in baseball, but he was also the all-time high strikeout king. Colonel Sanders, yeah, Colonel, which is fascinating. who started KFC, he was a sixth-grade dropout. He went from restaurant to restaurant trying to sell this crazy recipe that, that he had. He was rejected over a thousand times. He didn't quit. And I've brought up Think and Grow Rich a few times. <clears throat> There's a story in that book uh, called uh, Three Feet from Gold. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's actually a book about that, too, or, or titled Three Feet from yes. Gold, um, which is also it's very a, good. It's great. It's a great story. Uh, for those not familiar who are listening, uh, this R.U. Darby is the guy, his uncle. They had a gold mine. The uncle bought a gold mine and they were digging and digging and they found some gold and they were like, oh yeah, you know, our fortune is going to be right here in front of us. And they kept digging and they couldn't find the rest of the gold. And finally they just gave up. Well, they sold the mine and the equipment to somebody who actually had an engineer 
look into it and they found out that somehow the gold had shifted and if they had just dug three more feet they would have found it so the moral of that story is you don't want to give up with every failure learn your lesson get back up and when you have that wake up call moment you have to make a decision to choose are you a, a music fan christy i am yeah are you familiar with the rock band rush a, a little bit yes i know yeah. the name they i and i probably know their songs i just you know i'd have to they have it. a song called free will and one of the great lines in that song was this if you choose not to decide you still have made a choice oh that's yeah. good so in your life we get to choose what path and we can choose like i said the positive path we can choose the negative path or we can just not choose and stay where we are but most people we want to improve and when we can choose our path what else can we choose we can get to choose our identity the dictionary defines identity as the distinguishing character or personality of an individual so your identity is what makes you stand out if you're in business your brand is your identity so if you want to distinguish yourself from anybody else that's where it starts the way to get lasting change in life is to change your identity and your identity is defined basically by by two things and those are who we think we are and who we think we're not so i'm i'm going to bring back an investigator story um i know a lot of people they want me to tell stories from back in my old investigator days so this has to do with identity so there's this case i was working on identity theft is something that's really big and again i live up here in new york state and there was this young lady who was living in florida and she contacted our office because she found out her identity had been stolen and there was someone living in new york state who was using that identity so long story short we found out who it was and i was able to call this woman into my office and she was very good. Now, the interesting thing is she didn't look hardly anything like this other person. In fact, she was several years older. She's about 10 years older. And if you looked at the driver's license photo and uh, the photos of both people, you would, you would not say that, you know, wow, you could pull this off. But it doesn't make any difference. It's, it's amazing what people can pull off when they, when they have a mind oh, to do right. this. So what happened was, I call her into the office and I start asking her questions and I say, Hey, this won't take very long. We just need to ask you some questions because there's some suspicion that you may not be who you're telling us. And I just need to verify that. So would you go along with me and answer the questions? Oh, sure. So first thing I ask is the full name, the date of birth, social security number. And this is all stuff that you could memorize. And she did. She did a pretty right. good job. Then I asked her for the parents' names, which, of course, were on the birth certificate. Again, something else that she could say from memory. And, uh, right. and then I just asked a couple other routine questions like, okay, what was your most recent address? And uh, what was your address before that? Again, all stuff that she was able to answer. But I had the trump card. 
I had two things. First off, I had the real person on the phone, on speakerphone, but not saying anything. I told her, don't say a single word until I call on you. Yeah. Well, what this person, this person who was stealing her identity did not realize is that the person was a mother and she had two children. She didn't know the names of the children. Well, that's pretty important. Yes. So that was the first thing I asked her, uh, or, or, or the, the le- next thing I asked her. I said, one more thing before I let you go. I just need to know the names and dates of birth of your children. And I could just see all the color <laughs> running out of her. And she kind of looked down, and she looked at me, and she says, I don't want to answer that right now. And I said, you don't want to answer it? And she says, no, uh, it doesn't make me feel good. And she was trying to invoke some sympathy or something. She was trying to, to play and think to buy a way out of the situation because she knew she was going down at that point. And so I, yeah. so I said, well, I said, are you sure it's that you don't want to or it's that you can't? Because any mother is going to know the names and dates of birth of her children you know, backwards and forwards and without a doubt. And I said, the reason that you can't do that is because you are not so-and-so. I have the real so-and-so on the phone say hello. And that person said hello. And I said, now I'm not going to ask you, but can you give me the names and dates of birth of your children? And she said, yes, I can. And I said, yes, I know because you gave them to me before uh, we had this conversation and I have them written down. At that moment, the woman gets up and she tries to leave the office, but um, one of the uniform guys uh, was able to grab her, and uh, and she right. and she actually had a whole bunch of warrants, so uh, under her real name, and ended up doing uh, quite a bit of jail time for that. But the point is, mm-hmm. don't try to pretend you're somebody you're not. Get comfortable mm-hmm. being who you are, and making yourself a better you. And that's where your yeah. identity uh, can really make things happen for you. Right. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, there is only one of you. You are very uniquely created and have your own special gifts and talents to to share with the world. Absolutely. So... Well, um, that, that's been so good. I think we could probably just keep talking and talking and talking, but I know we need to wrap up this, this episode. Maybe we can have you back on another, another date at a later oh, time. Sure. I would love that. I would love to continue this discussion and I'm looking forward to having you on Strive to Thrive to talk about things like the things that you talk about on your podcast. Yeah, me as well. Well, before we wrap this up, I have our three closing questions. So what is a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is wanting to step out and start, you know, chasing their dreams? Just do it. Just step out. Don't worry about your comfort zone. Get out of that comfort zone. Uh, Make a decision that you're going to do it. And even if it's just a little bit every day, do something every day that gets you out of that comfort zone, moving in that direction. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't put it off. You know, we are not promised tomorrow. Uh, You know, as we're recording this, uh, it was just fairly recently that uh, I found out a family member of mine had uh, suddenly got very sick and within a week had passed away. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, it was was definitely a tough loss. Well, 
I had been planning to visit uh, this person for uh, for a while and finally just said, yeah, I'm going to go visit in the springtime because he lives on the other side of the country. So it was, uh, it was quite a distance. Well, you know, I had kept putting it off and mm-hmm. don't put things off in your life. You know, make those decisions, yeah. even if they're uncomfortable. If there's a person in your life that you haven't talked to today, uh, that you haven't talked to in a while, maybe you had a, a spat with them, a disagreement, and uh, you just haven't talked. You know, I'm reminded of the movie Home Alone, of all things. There's that conversation between Kevin and the old man in the church. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, the old man talks about how he got in a fight with his son and he wasn't able to see his granddaughter now because uh, they had this disagreement. And, and Kevin, the little boy, <laughs> looks at him and says, well, why don't you just call him? You know, uh, what have you got to lose? And so just reach out today. And call one person in your life, maybe that you haven't talked to in a while, and just say, hey, I was thinking about you. I just wanted to give you a call, see how you were doing. And uh, yeah. you'll make their day. They'll make your day. And mm-hmm. uh, it'll help to make this world uh, a more positive place. Yes, absolutely. That's that's such good advice, for sure. What is one book or a podcast that's been very influential in your life? Oh, there's so many. Uh, anything by Tony Robbins. Uh, he's one of my mentors. Uh, they yeah. call me the other Tony. Yeah. You have Tony Tony nice. Robbins, who's like six foot seven, this giant man. He'll charge like a half a million dollars to come and speak somewhere. Well, I'm I'm Tony. I'm like five five. <laughs> I'm this little short Italian <laughs> guy from New York City. And my my uh, speaking fees aren't quite that high, so. <laughs> <laughs> so they call me the but the other but anything by Tony Robbins specifically uh, Awaken the Giant Within great book um, mm. that's yeah, excellent book one. I talked about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill mm-hmm. another excellent book you have to do the exercises though in the book that's what most people don't do they tell me I've read this book but I then I ask them well, did you do the exercises? I, say, I didn't even know there were exercises. Well, yes, they are. Do the exercises. Because you see, Christy, there are so many books out there that are written. How many do you think there are about how to get rich, how to find your ideal partner, and how to lose weight? Oh, there's no telling. Probably millions. So why don't we have a whole bunch of rich, skinny people walking around in love with their perfect right? partner? <laughs> And that's yeah, yeah. the difference between inspiration and implementation. We have to be willing mm-hmm. to read the book, do what they say, and implement them. So, uh, right. you know, if I could recommend you getting any particular book on, on self-help, whatever that can be, there's another great book called Atomic Habit Habits, which is oh, yeah. a great book. But don't just read the book. Do everything, do the things that it says, because that's where the changes will happen in your life. Right. Absolutely. I, a while back, you know, I had a goal to read like two or three books a month um, or listening listen to them on audible. But now I'm just, you know, I want to take my time, consume it and really, really consume it and, and implement. So my team and I read Atomic Habits this first half of the year, you know, and it doesn't take six months to get through a book, but by taking it slow, I think we've all been able to implement, implement more of it 
one of my team members, I'm so proud of her. She started working out early at the, the beginning of this year and now she stayed, she kept up with it and has inspired like her family members. And now her husband's going with her and her, I think her sister or her cousins are going and it's just amazing to see, you know, the positive impact she's had because she stayed dedicated to it. I love it. Yeah. And it's all one step at a time. Take, do one thing different every day. If you don't, New Year's resolutions. Everyone who makes this resolution, they'll go out and they'll spend all this money on a gym membership and they'll say, I'm going to go to the gym and exercise every day for an hour or whatever. You know what? You don't have yeah. to go out and do that. Just commit to walking for 10 minutes a day. And then mm-hmm. once you get used to that, maybe turn that 10 minutes into 20 minutes and into mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And then maybe you'll try the gym out after that because maybe you'll like it and right. just do things slowly one step at a time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, fin- finally, what is the best way for people to find you? Best way to find me is through my website. It's TonyWCoaching.com. And there's all kinds of things on there. You can download uh, my short ebook, Strive to Thrive. It's it's like, what, 15 pages. So you can read it uh, you know, in about an hour. And uh, that'll help you on that purposely positive life journey. And you can also find me on Facebook. Um, just look up my name, Tony Wexler. It's a little tricky to spell, W-E-C-H-S-L-E-R. Uh, I'm on all the social media platforms as well, but the website, there's links to everything there. You can email me coach Tony W at outlook.com. And of course, check out strive to thrive, the purposely positive podcast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Tony. Truly appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure and it's been just a good discussion. Uh, I, Sorry, I monopolized a lot. I, I tend to talk a lot. I guess that's because I'm a speaker no, no, and, and so. a teacher. I, I'm, I'm used to that. But we're going to turn those tables around. I get to ask the questions when you come on my podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd be so kind and leave me a quick review, I would love to hear from you. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Christy Winfrey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit that follow button. And until next time, keep chasing those dreams, my friend. Remember, you are worth it.